It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about, it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story when you actually put it into words is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great pace, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello, welcome back to Generation Skywalker. It is the 1st of May. This is the start of our Attack of the Clones anniversary month. Who wouldn't want to celebrate uh, Attack of the Clones? Well, to open up this month, I've got with me Craig Spivey. Good evening, Craig. Hello. I've got Jez. Good evening, Jez. I hate sand. It's coarse. It's rough. It's irritating. It just gets everywhere. And I've got Dan. Good evening, Dan. Bye, Jedi dogs. Attack of the Clones, 20 years, which I can't really believe. I mean, where that's gone. So tonight's show is it's just an introduction to the month. It's not going to be very long. We're going to just see what our initial thoughts are about Attack of the Clones and where we were when we first saw it, what our first thoughts were about there. And it'll be interesting to return at the end of the month after we cover the show and do some interviews and do some other shows and see whether nostalgia kicks in for us with attack of the clones it's a shame grant's not here tonight because i think his love for the prequels has, has elevated a lot since uh, he watched the sequels so um yeah interesting let this republic be split in two. My negotiations will not fail. If they do, there aren't enough Jedi to protect the republic. We're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. You know I don't like it when you do that. Sorry, master. I forgot you don't like flying. Well, you've lost him. If you'll excuse me. I hate it when he does that. Anakin. Don't do anything without first consulting either myself or the Council. You don't need guidance, Anakin. I see you becoming the greatest of all Jedi. The boy has exceptional skills. His abilities have made him arrogant. Excuse me. I'm in charge of security here, my lady. They are using the Force! 
using a bounty hunter named Django Fett to create a clone army. Wait. We must stop them before they're ready. Your clones are very impressive. They'll do their job well. Blast! That's why I hate flying! This is a crisis. The Senate must vote the Chancellor emergency powers. As my first act, I will create a grand army of the Republic to counter the increasing threats of the Separatists. Hasn't been a full-scale war since the formation of the Republic. You must join me, Obi-Wan. And together, we will destroy the Sith. The dark side clouds everything. In grave danger, you are. This Clone War has. Boys, let's just get a, an overview, first of all, of where we rank this movie amongst the Star Wars movies. So let's take the 11 live action movies, the nine in the saga, and then Rogue One and Solo. Where do you put it? Where is it in your ranking of that 11? Jez? Uh, do you know what that's so tricky because i change like the tides i i I couldn't do it i feel like i'd be a a seven-year-old if i did you know i don't necessarily have a favorite it's it's not up there it's probably bottom four that said i did watch it the other day but maybe that was preparation for this Mm, yeah maybe maybe bottom four growing on me though yeah i do wonder whether that will happen uh dan it is in my lower tier i'd say I, it, for a long time, it was rock bottom. I'd say probably four or five years ago, but then the sequels came out. So I think Last Jedi is dead last. But yeah, Rise of Skywalker's um, rivaling rivaling Attack of the Clones at the minute, and it kind of flip flops between those two. But yeah, it's definitely in my lower tier. So you've kind of got it ninth, ninth to tenth, depending yeah. on how you're feeling. And Craig, I reckon it's going to be up in your top four. <laughs> No, I'll, I'll caveat what I'm about to say with the fact that I don't hate it. I don't hate any Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars fan. But in when it comes to ranking them with the with the films, it, it's at the bottom for me. Its legacy is far greater than any merit it has uh, as a piece of filmmaking. And I'm sure we're going to unpack that over the month. Interesting. So I'm with you, Craig. It, it has been, always has been, my bottom as well, which we'll delve into in a minute. We'll, we'll find out why. It's low down on all our lists. Um, let's try to let's try to to reminisce and give a bit of nostalgia ourselves. Where did we first see the movie? How many times did you go to the cinema? What was your general reaction when you first saw it? And also, it would be interesting to know how old you were when you first saw it. So if you could all just work out that out in your heads, Jez, just take twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so I was twenty-seven when it came out. The first time I got a glimpse of it was actually when I was on holiday. And I think they had a moody copy, which was playing in a bar in, um, I don't know, Corfu or, or somewhere like that. I was away. Um, it was a year after I'd met my, my wife. And so we were away on sort of a romantic holiday. And I was walking past a bar and I could see that it just sort of, um, it just premiered. And they, they very, very quickly had some sort of pirate copy. And I was just like, oh, peering through the window. And I could see the scene with um, the sort of assassin little worm bits, which had come out of the droid trying to kill Padme. 
and uh and i was like oh, oh look what's going on there so i had to wait until i got back from holiday to actually watch it at the cinema how many times did i watch it do you know what? it was probably a couple of times i, I can tell you with a lot more uh, distinction and definition with regards to phantom menace and sith but not this one so much i mean stoles was riding high for me at the time but i don't think i can give you any more clarity um on the on the actual occasion what was your initial reaction when you came out i think i loved it when i when i when i came out because it was star wars it was you know i had new characters there were different things there was for me one of the big things and we'll, we'll come on to it this month i'm sure the sounds the sounds were just phenomenal yeah there were bits where i was like mm, okay maybe that wasn't aimed at me but it was new star wars maybe it was later that i just thought mm, not so much but uh, at the time leave the cinema always pleased that's what about you dan i was well into this <laughs> big time so yeah i was following force.net i was reading the spoilers on it heard all the rumors that um i think it was was it in sync or new kids on the block were going to be in the film because lucas's daughter was a big fan there was rumors that celine dion was going to be singing a theme tune to it um, i was following all of that buying all of the books the visual dictionaries the art of books i had the soundtrack i was buying some of the toys i was well up for it you know i saw the trailers they showed you know jedis in an arena fighting you know on mass and i thought this is it after the phantom menace actually we're going to get to the clone wars now so i was i was proper excited for it went to the midnight screening at leicester square i went with my girlfriend at the time my brother my youngest brother and a good friend of mine yeah we had it you know we was in the, the Odeon leicester square midnight screening Andy daniels came out done a done a bit before with a, with a i think he must have had about 10 or 15 stormtroopers on stage with him so yeah big big fanfare for it and i really enjoyed it on that first viewing um, I didn't kind of I think some of the terrible dialogue washed over me a bit but I know when the film ended my mate who was with me Darren he got up and said what a load of S-H-I-T and walked <laughs> and I was like what are you talking about it's brilliant yeah as the years have gone by that um, that opinion's changed slightly mm. but yeah that was my experience but yeah I, I that first view and I yeah I really I've, I enjoyed it and for a long time <laughs> had it ranked above return of the jedi it was my third favorite star wars film <laughs> really now i'm surprised because yeah. i'm okay oh, Joe, it's amazing what one sentence can really drop someone's estimation of someone i'm, just, I'm, I'm just putting it out there this this is where my <laughs> head was at at the time Wait, that's crazy that is crazy talk how old were you dan uh 23 22 22 23 yeah, it was around my birthday so i saw it twice i think i saw it twice in the cinema so i saw it that opening night and then I went again on my birthday with a group of friends. And again, we had some walkouts. A mate of mine who was with his girlfriend, they got up and walked out about 20 minutes into the film. Look! Around the survivors, a perimeter create. Craig. Bless you, young'uns. I was... I was 31 years old when I first saw Attack of the Clones. Um, I think it might have been my first midnight showing of any film ever. We, I went to Burton on Trent with my friend Paddy. We we were both like mad into collecting Power of the Force 2 at the time. And, that, you know, including the episode one stuff. I think we probably overlooked some of the Phantom Menace's shortcomings for the most part. But there was definitely an expectation that the follow up would just maybe deliver in places that the first one didn't. And I remember just being like, you know, Dan says, a lot of anticipation at the time about particularly about seeing Anakin in his prime you know we'd kind of sat through a film where he was a kid and now we were getting to see him 
you know as a, as a as a jedi and and have that vision realized that we'd had all those years and i just remember cringing through it a, a lot and i was pretty quiet on the way out just kind of processing my thoughts and uh, and paddy was a lot less circumspect and i i clearly remember this his one line review was if it didn't have star wars on the poster you wouldn't give it the time of day and um that was him pretty much out like your mate dan he was like he packed up his collection and got massively into Lord of the Rings after that. It, it just did it for him. And I remember coming out and, and remembering some specifics, which I think we're going to gonna move on to in a minute. You know, there was good stuff in there and there was bad stuff in there. But I think the bad stuff was just it dominated as I left the cinema. Phantom Menace gets a bad rap, doesn't it? And I mean, I went to see the Phantom Menace several times at the cinema and I loved every viewing of it. I, I was I was invested in it. I went to see Attack of the Clones, always went with my brother and one of our mates. And I went to see it on the evening of its release. And there, there was something in it, which we'll talk about in a minute, which really took me out of the film. It's, it, it still irritates me to this day, this one scene in the film. The following night, I took what is now my wife. Uh, we went to the cinema to see it. And it is only the second film, I think this one was first, that I've ever fallen asleep in. And I, fe- I slept through about half of that se- second viewing um, and didn't go back to the cinema to see it. Yeah, I think uh, Claire really enjoyed that, that date. Uh, <laughs> I mean... We'd been together a few years. It wasn't like a thing. But uh, yeah, you watch this <laughs> film, love, while I have a little snooze. <laughs> it didn't happen to me. So let, let's let's move on then to a general discussion. I mean, Jess, you just brought up the music. I think that's a real positive for me. I think Across the Stars is a, a beautiful theme tune. I don't think anyone can argue with that. But let, let, OK, let's start with positives. Let's all give it positives. OK, who's going to open up with me here? Jez, hit me. What is the positives of Attack of the Clones outside of the music? I mean, there was plenty of of action some of some of it as i said to you earlier on the the sounds the environments we saw in the past you've had environments by land air and space and we then had some you know we had ocean environments we we had the world building with regards to to the clones and that whole sort of production but for me the sounds uh, the sounds of slave one the blasters i mean who can forget the uh, the seismic charges Um, there was certainly plenty uh, of blaster lightsaber actions, you know, sounds of, of the Tuscans from that side of stuff. It was just brilliant. And see, you know, a Mandalorian, see Django in action as well. Battles at the end. There are so many really strong elements of this movie, which I think if people gave it a little bit more time now and, and went back, even if they hadn't seen it for a while, if you go back, you'd be like, yeah, actually, yeah, solid. I think the Geonosis battle at the end is brilliant, seeing the, the Jedi all fighting. Um, I think, Dan, I think you've raised that before as as a scene of a film. You know, that's what you wanted from the prequels, and you got it in that scene. Yeah, I, I think the, um, you know, certainly when you're watching, I don't know if you guys have got 4K Blu-rays and stuff now, some of those scenes don't hold up as well as they did. And I, and I think that's one of my biggest criticisms of the film is some of the special effects, you know, even if you compare them to Phantom Menace, just don't hold up. There's some really dodgy shots throughout the film. But yeah, it is, I think, yeah, just seeing that was, was for me, that was the, 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 that was what I was looking for. I thought the whole, you know, the clones coming in, the battle afterwards. Yeah, that's what I was, was there for. And for the most part, I still really enjoy those scenes. Uh, the bits that grind up against me is anything with Anakin and Padme pretty much the whole the whole sections on the boo I think the rest of it you know the, the Obi-Wan kind of playing detective traveling around figuring out what's going on I, I really like those scenes I like you know the bits at the temple where he's trying to find the missing planet when he gets to Camino, the, the scenes on there even you know people criticize young Boba Fett I haven't, I haven't got a problem with that 
I think certainly now we've seen, you know, what happens to Boba Fett. I, don't, I haven't got a problem with any of that. Um, it's whenever Anakin and Padme are in inverted commas falling in love. Just, yeah, just doesn't sit well at all, does it? The dialogue, not great. The chemistry between them is even worse. I just jump through all of that stuff now if I'm watching it. I'm literally skipping chapters to get to the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi parts. The, lo- the love story. Is it that bad? I, I just... He just he's just a bit creepy in it, isn't he? Anakin's just a bit creepy the whole way through it. He's just like a stalker almost, and it feels like he's almost. I just don't get it. It just doesn't. It just feels icky. I don't. I just can't put my finger on what's wrong with it. The dialogue's not great either. It's all a bit weird. No, it's not. It's not natural wording, is it? It's not words you would naturally naturally use. From the moment I met you, all those years ago, not a day has gone by when I even thought of you. Now that I'm with you again, I'm in agony. The closer I get to you, the worse it gets. The thought of not being with you, I can't breathe. I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. My heart is beating. Hoping that that kiss will not become a scar. Yeah, she's a lovely lady who's got a smashing blouse and she could have her choice of gentlemen. And he seems to be the only one who's sort of paying her any attention. You're right, as you said, he's completely icky and creepy and he's sort of, oh, yeah, you're smooth. And, you know, touching her back and then they have this kiss. And it's just, yeah, it, it's it's difficult. It's clunky. But it's to a beautiful soundtrack. I mean, you know, the, John Williams is knocking out of the park. So, I mean, who couldn't get roused with that sort of symphony in the background? I've read lots of what's probably post rastalization about, you know, stylistically, George Lucas was into these sweeping melodramas. And that's why the, the, the language is the way the language is written. It's not naturalistic. And that was deliberate. And Anakin doesn't know how to interact with ladies because... He's been closeted in the in the Jedi Order and all that sort of stuff. But at the time, watching it, it's like, nah, this is just rubbish. <laughs> is that because he didn't have anyone writing it with him? I mean, you had Lawrence Kasdan on the sequels and whoever else was was doing that. I know, I know, on Revenge of the Sith, I think he brought Kerry Fisher in to do some rewrites and some script doctoring. It feels like, yeah, it's just George Lucas writing it and putting it out there, and no one challenging him. Possibly, but then if you watch no one... an old movie, they do talk like that. What do you believe? You know. Do you think some of, I mean, some of the love story for me, I thought Hayden Christensen's acting was atrocious in Attack of the Clones. I think he's far, far better in Revenge of the Sith. There's something in Attack of the Clans that I just thought he was really wooden. He did a film called um, Jumper. Do you remember Jumper? Yeah. yeah. Just shortly after this. And he was his acting was the same in that as well. And I, I find when someone's acting like that, it really takes you out of the film as well. Because it's, I don't know, there was just something something wrong there. Ewan McGregor for me, is a, he was a highlight in, in the prequels yes. just per se. But even some of his lines, you can just tell that he's done several takes and Lucas has picked the one where he's a bit wooden. So I think some of that is, is down to the director. I'm sure Hayden had the acting chops to do it. They must have auditioned hundreds of leading men for that role. So they, w- they wouldn't pick someone who couldn't do the job. So I think a lot of it was it, it was creative choices on Lucas's part. Oh, I actually think they've done that intentionally. That's how they wanted him to come across. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's a rubbish actor. No, just that film, there was just something about it. The pacing, the way it's edited together. Like you say, it's just a bit off. I think the Anakin was down to him and Leonardo DiCaprio. That's That was a rumour that went around, but that's been 
I think Leonardo DiCaprio has come out done an interview and admitted that he was he was in the running for that part. And you know, I think he's a really good actor. I know at the time after Titanic came out, he was teenage schoolgirls going after him, but he's obviously matured as an actor now. But I can't imagine that if he'd have done that, played that part, it would have been criticised as much as Hayden's performance. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm giving Leonardo DiCaprio too much credit, but. What's eating Gilbert Grape? He was a child. That's an amazing performance. Yeah. Mm. He was a name then, wasn't he? As Hayden wasn't, he was an unknown. Yeah. yeah. Like Mark Hamill had been. Sort of seems to be the way it goes. Daisy Ridley. You just brought up as well a minute ago, Dan. The Droid Factory is the scene that really I sat there and I thought, what the what is this? This this is just crap. What is it? I I, I can't watch it. It's still my least favourite scene of any Star Wars ever. Give me the old Wookiee dad on his dirty <laughs> VR any day than watching that scene. It's just everything about it i mean r2d2 starts flying those great big pots anakin getting his arm battered onto the thing just everything about it, it just irritated me it's just a lot it's of rubbish the, it's the c-3po and he falls off that bridge and that droid flies around and all of a sudden catches him and yeah it just, you can just tell it was because my understanding of that scene was it was inserted after the production because let's go back and do reshoots because it would have been otherwise they landed on camino got captured and it had been straight into the, or sorry into geonosis and it would have gone straight into the arena and that scene was kind of an afterthought and just kind of they needed an action scene before they got to the arena. So that was added in. And you can tell it was a rush job. It was an opportunity for them to showcase what they could do. Just let's not forget, obviously, this was George trying to show off their digital wonder. And, you know, it, it was whilst we didn't like it necessarily, it was, it was a digital masterpiece, wasn't it, of special effects at the time of, again, sound <laughs> and sort of choreography. It, it didn't work for me, but I think it was the film studio just trying to say, look what we can do. This hasn't been done mm. before. So it was an advert for Lucasfilm and, and what they, for him, it was as much an advert. I mean, it was the first film, I think, filmed digitally. I think two films came out digital that year. 28 Days Later was released digitally later in the year and, and Attack of the Clones. At the time, watching it, I thought it was bad. It was not like something I look back at. Like you said, you know, it doesn't hold up today. At the time, I remember watching some of those CGI sequences thinking, that is awful. The bit where Anakin is like jumping on the back of those giant fleas in the in, in the field it's awful and the the solar sailor where the where the sails unfold really bad i mean it's it's kind of like almost the abyss standard you know and that was like several years prior to that but there are some really good cgi scenes in it there's one scene in particular where the dropships are coming down and it's almost like lucas has just let the studio get on with it and there's a scene and it's like steady gun footage it's focused on one drop ship it pulls focus to the one that's behind it and it's got a bit of a wobble on and it finds its focus and it sort of sails down into the frame it's a really good shot and it's what firefly were doing at the same time on the tv sort of using that very real sort of sense of place and and camera movements and it yeah, really works. Like smash zooms yeah smash yeah zooms and, it, and things like that so they were capable of making convincing CGI. It's just that mm. in some scenes, they, like you say, they might rush in it or they had a different uh, creative vision for it. So it's it's very spotty. There are some terrible bits and some really good bits. I, I read an interview with Lucas. It was I can't remember where it was, but it must might have been in Empire or something like that around the time. And he was saying that because this was the middle film of the trilogy and because it was a love story and because it was you know just that middle section it was going to be the least profitable star wars film and he kind of went into it with that with that in mind so i'm wondering if there was a i don't know what the budget was for attack of the clones i haven't looked it up at this point i'm sure we'll discuss it over the month but i'm wondering if that was was part of it lucas wasn't expecting as much of a return on the other films and decided to pull back a little bit but middle films do get criticized because narratively they're not they don't go anywhere you know they continue they're neither setting things up nor are they resolving anything but you know i present to you the jury the empire strikes back you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> favorite so it can work 
Uh, well, technically, we've gone to a whole different level because now we're creating the films digitally, whereas before we were doing them analog. We, we had to build sets, we had to have puppets, we had to everything had to be real on the set, and it was very clumsy to to go into a really f large fantasy environment. We really couldn't do it. So the advantage I have on this film is that I'm able, through digital technology, to to go to Coruscant, the head of the you know the home of the the Galactic Senate and see these giant things and you know, giant settings and and uh, have lots of digital characters, lots of different aliens of all different types uh, that can act and play scenes and do things that I couldn't do in the first three. So in that sense, uh, you know, I couldn't really go to this part of the galaxy without having sort of perfected the digital technology it takes to get there. About Yoda fighting, I mean, Christopher Lee is a wonderful casting, he's a wonderful actor, you could put him in any role. He's going to nail it. Well, what do we think about the lightsaber battle? Do you think we needed to see Yoda fight? Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember watching, I think it was on um, the force.net and they must have showed some preview footage at either a celebration or a San Diego Comic-Con and someone had filmed it on a mobile phone and there was the, you know, where Yoda's having the, the rubble thrown at him and then he kind of force grabs the lightsaber and the crowd watching it go mad. It was only a few seconds. It wasn't great footage. And I thought, oh, that doesn't look that good. I don't know why people go mad and watch it. It was the same. And, you know, you go from, you know, episode one, having that fantastic battle with Darth Maul and, and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. And, it, it, you know, in terms of benchmark, that that was it's just nowhere near it. They didn't manage to top themselves with that at all. And, I, you know, in terms of, you know, all, all the Star Wars films up to that point, climax of a lightsaber duel. And I, I remember thinking, you know, that was definitely the worst out of the, the five films we had to that point. Seeing Yoda fight was the payoff to the I'm looking for a great warrior line from Empire. You know, we, we wanted to see Yoda in his prime fighting. I think people did want to see it. And I don't remember it. I don't remember coming out and thinking it was as bad as all that. It was OK. It wasn't brilliant, but they made it. reminded it. me a bit of Sonic the Hedgehog jumping off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all the spinning. Yeah. Like it set the scene for the characters. I mean, personally, I loved the whole nonchalant. I'm just going to open up my robe a little bit and, oh, lightsabers in my hand. No biggie. I like that. I just thought it was really cool. And then, yeah, jumping all over the place. But what you saw with that fight when Dooku was initially against uh, the two boys and sort of, you know, best of them. So you, you've got Obi-Wan down. You've got a, a maimed Anakin, right? So now you've got all of a sudden you've got Kang Dooku, who was one versus two, and both those lads are down on the deck. So it sort of leveled it a little bit because you saw in the previous one, you saw Qui-Gon and an Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul, you know, relatively fair fight going on and on and on. So this raised the bar. This showed you that Dooku was actually really, really powerful and probably far more powerful than people gave him credit for and showed that both those characters still had more to learn. So then you saw their journey as Jedi warriors advance from episode two to episode three. But then at the end of the battle, after Yoda was jumping all over the place, then he sort of goes back to his walking stick and then just sort of carries on walking, which was obviously slightly... Uh, a sort of tongue-in-cheek a little bit funny but yeah I quite liked it I thought it was all right it certainly wasn't one of the things which irritated me the most of the movie no nor me Jess you spent last summer I think was it last summer you watched all of the Clone Wars and then watching Attack of the Clones has that added to it for you at all I would highly recommend watching the Clone Wars and Rebels to anyone who's only just watched the movies anyway I'm adding to my Star Wars palette all the time, mate. So um, I, I don't think having watched The Clone Wars and now watched this is necessarily added to it. Maybe I'm more tolerant of it. I don't know. 
But as I said, I, w- I watched Attack of the Clones recently. Quite enjoyed it. Jez, what is it exactly about this film that makes you place it near the bottom of your list, though? I, I think it was a combination of of some of the acting, some of the dialogue, uh, some of the stuff which was a little bit unnecessary. I think, you know, the R2 stuff and the, you know, R- R2 was really made a bit of a mockery. You look at this uh, with the, you know, being able to fly. Earlier on in the movie, you see him sort of struggling with his uh, sort of tripod legs to go up some steps. Then obviously, then in the next movie, we've got him slipping on an oil slick and stuff, and it's just hmm, okay. You're making a bit of a mockery there of one of our most beloved characters of the franchise. But there's far more things to get excited about if only people remembered them, you know. And, and so there are some great things about this. I was trying to scratch my head as to why people have got an issue with this. And uh, if you don't mind, I just sort of go off track slightly. Tactic Clones is the second longest movie is two hours 22 and at the point of the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy attack of the clones was the longest the shortest movies were the originals so new hope uh, followed by empire then jedi so it seems almost in some respects the longer a star wars movie the more we dislike it because you then go on that the longest one of the entire franchise was the last jedi and then that's just followed by rise of skywalker so there is a pattern here there is a thing going on that the the ones which are doing the worst the ones which we think are the worst and imdb think are worst are the longest too much of a good thing so what would you cut from attack of the clones a lot of the dialogue i mean you know they they learn because they cut out a lot of jar jar didn't they let's face it jar jar was huge in phantom menace and wasn't in this as much it's just a lot of the interactions unfortunately between padme and uh, and anakin some of the sounds some of the effects yeah as i said absolutely absolutely amazing some of the the clone trooper bits and pieces where it's clearly just gone through a computer you know they've not say used a single extra it's just all done on on a on a very good computer but it's still now hasn't held up i would say some of the talking and walking and chin stroking um, <laughs> on, on the whole uh, i like it on on the whole but when you consider what we have in sort of you know the other 10 star wars movies there's so much more to get excited about there are more positives from the negatives you have become Dooku the dark side I sense in you I've become more powerful than any Jedi even you much to learn you still have It is obvious that this contest cannot be decided by our knowledge of the Force, but by our skills with a lightsaber. Anyone else got anything to add? What about characters? I mean, we saw some great new characters. Everyone's got to love a bit of Dexter. I like Dexter. Mm. The little waitress droid, the actual human waitress. I like the the diner. I know we we spoke about it when we talked about the the mods back when we were discussing um, uh, Book of Boba Fett. But... You know, some of the production design across the board was really good. Costumes, all great. You know, it's just it never became greater than the sum of its parts, unfortunately. 
I'm trying to think of what other new characters were in it. I mean, we had Django. Was was heavily plugged, wasn't she? Sam Wessel. I think she was one of the. Was she one of the preview figures, action figures? Yeah, I think you might be right. She had her own comic book. I think there was a comic book where Django teamed up. Built up to be a big character. And obviously the um, main one, Elan uh, Sleeves Bagano. I want to go home and rethink my life. You want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life? I want to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> you know, when I saw that, the first thing I thought was Home and Away, because I just remember in pain. I think it was da- he was Damien in Home and Away in like the 1980s. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. He was in it for a while. But I think there's quite a few. Obviously, that was one. I think that was the first film not filmed in England as well. They'd done that in Australia. So at least we, we can blame the Australians for attacking the clones. Yeah. And, and the, the sort of... Uh, robot who was speaking normally and then every now and then he'd twiggle a knob and go and he'd be I like, liked him what tambor yeah i like tambor like that's big... it yeah tan hill as well the uh the guy with the long face the same species as darth Plagueis. yes and the creatures were quite cool in the like gladiator arena enjoyed them i enjoyed padme getting her top ripped on that oh, scene, yeah. you know that scene, so the Reek, Anakin rides over with the Reek and, and Padme jumps down onto the Reek. That yeah. must have really hurt her. That, that, I always think that when I watch that. Every time. <laughs> it's split her in half. I thought that when I watched it the other day. I was like, ooh, she didn't even flinch. No. Nails. And when, when um, uh, Obi-Wan, when he's fighting Jango on the on the platform and he, he goes off the side and he's got that, that wire and he wraps it around his hand and then hangs on that slice your fingers off, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I think One of the was... bits that really annoyed me about that scene, and I remember spotting it in the in like the first time I watched it in the cinema, was Django's bendy armor. Oh really? Ah, I need to watch that. <laughs> not not Beskar. <laughs> they say on that scene there was a, it was actually cut for UK audience as well. So the scene, if you watch it now on DVD or on Disney Plus, you wouldn't know, but there's a headbutt in that scene. Django headbutts Obi Wan, and I think it was down to all the whole Tango thing, the Tango adverts out of the time, and kids beating <laughs> each other up in playgrounds. If they hadn't cut that headbutt, the film would have got a 12. So when it was originally released, it was a PG. And then on subsequently, when it came out on DVD, it was a it was a 12 because they put the headbutt back in. It's a good fact. Yes. I think it was Attack of the Clones that my real love of Twi'leks came in. I, I love Doola. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I had Ayla Secura as well. And you're kind of yeah. like, what, what is this like multicolored rainbow skin on all these yeah. different women? That's just like. And that's just growing, really. And then I met Jets, and like I can remember walking around Chicago with him. And we're brothers from another mother when it comes (laughs) down to Twilex. Um, Yeah, Uh, but the colours, the environment. I mean, and again, that moves into uh, the Order sixty six moments of um, of Sith. You know, I think the world building and the environments that we we saw, we were given, and the you know when people say, oh. What grips me is when people say, oh, that doesn't look Star Wars-y. And I'm like, hang on a second, right? We're talking about a galaxy far, far away, a galaxy, right? When you look at stuff on planet Earth from one side of the planet to the other, that doesn't necessarily look earthy. I mean, have you ever seen a blue planet or anything like that? Our, Our world is fascinating with some amazing creatures and some amazing bits and pieces in 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 our little tiny world so when people say oh that don't look star warsy jog on have a word of yourself it's a <laughs> galaxy star wars can be anything and that's what we got in episode two and going into episode three the worlds which were built amazing i i, I think it's probably my favorite scene 
I suppose from a dramatic point of view is when Anakin gets on that speeder and 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 Jewel of the Fates comes in and he yeah what happens with his mum happens and he slaughters the Tuscans. I think that's done really well and the way it cuts back and you've got Qui Gon Anakin Anakin no all that stuff. I, I really like that. I remember liking it at the time and I still enjoy it now. And I think it's quite a pivotal scene for the whole for the whole trilogy really. I know it, it's probably a little bit clunky how it's done with how in Revenge of the Sith ties back to it and what happens to Padme, but I think it's um. I think that, that that part's done quite well. Sitting alongside C-3PO getting his head swapped with the with the battle droid, you've got that scene that you've just mentioned. It's some of the darkest stuff in the whole saga, you know, when he finds her and she's tied to that rack, whatever that is, and whatever they've been doing to her. You know, it's like dark stuff, man. do you all watch it how often is it you think oh, i'm gonna put that one on today oh well yearly maybe if that i mean i think you said recently you watch it about twice a year Stu. yeah I think um so. yeah uh for me yearly i hadn't watched it for ages and then when rise of skywalker was coming out that december we started watching them from the beginning in a little bit of a sequence and we sort of got to that one it's like yeah this isn't very good <laughs> So not very often is the answer. I watched it a few weeks ago. And before that, yeah, it had been years, probably maybe three years since I'd seen it last. But when it came out, I think I think I got that one on DVD. I don't think I ever had it on VHS. I did watch it a lot just in the run up to Revenge of the Sith because I was like, I think it's always the way with these trilogies. I think certainly I felt with the prequels as well. I'm always hoping the third film's going to redeem the films before it. <laughs> and that was my hope for Attack of the Clones. I had realised by then that it wasn't the greatest. And uh, yeah, I still I still had hope. One thing that's sort of dawned on me as we've been we've been talking is I've I've religiously kept abreast of all the novels for years and would always read the novelizations and I remember reading the episode one novelization before the film came out but it added a lot more there were there was a lot more scenes a lot more stuff going on a lot more you understood Anakin a lot more and his life on on Tatooine and Revenge of the Sith which we spoke about when you interviewed Becca Benjamin and how much more that novel added to the story of revenge of the sith i read the attack of the clones novelization i can't remember anything about it becca's a perfect a perfect example of someone she's fully invested um her favorite character is anakin as hayden christensen's age and she's heavily invested in their love story so you know it is people's favorite film as we will find out so i've got i've got it written down we've all got this near the bottom of our list I think we may all raise up a couple of, at least a couple of places by the end of this, uh, by the end of this journey. And Craig, you've got it rock bottom. You are going to do something on the social media. So starting probably tomorrow, I'd imagine. Second day. Uh, yeah. Um, today. You're going to be doing stuff on social media to do with Attack of the Clones. What have you got in store? So what I'm thinking is as part of this reappraisal, uh, we'll all dig around and we'll compile some facts and figures uh, about the movie and we'll post those daily under the banner right and i'm going to see what you think to this jocasta new did you <laughs> jocasta new did it's like like did you it's a did you know thing right and it's jocasta new did you yeah nice nice now nice now i've got it worked out yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
Sorry, I'm still confused. <laughs> right, so the librarian in Attack of the Clones is called Jocasta New. Right. And she's a librarian, right? So she's got yeah. all the facts and the knowledge, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is going to be about facts and knowledge. Yes, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, thanks, thanks for that. It just took a while. Shouldn't um. it be Jocasta New New did you? <laughs> Listen, it'll work as a hashtag. It'll be fine. <laughs> did you call for assistance? Yes, yes, I did. Are you having a problem, Master Kenobi? Yes, um, I'm looking for a planetary system called Camino. It doesn't show up on the archive charts. Camino. It's not a system I'm familiar with. Are you sure you have the right coordinates? According to my information, it should appear in this quadrant here, just south of the Rishi Maze. I hate to say it, but it looks like the system you're searching for doesn't exist. Impossible. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. If an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. I've just a quick one for you. Uh, I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe over the month we could come up with something. Attack of the Clones. The actual title. After watching the movie and watching the movie several times, not actually sure whether or not the title is correct. Did the clones attack? Maybe the clones came to the rescue. Um, but did they attack? Who knows what? So maybe that we could all come up with alternative title suggestions uh, for, you know, let's face it, it, it is in the sort of bottom of my list, but I still think it's a good movie. Maybe something like, you know, Shroud of the Dark Side or something like that, you know, would have been a better title. What what, what could you come up with or what could the listeners come up with? Because I, I, I don't think Attack of the Clones is right. Sorry, I what was that, mate? I think it's a brilliant title. It fits in the, the whole... 1950s serial vibe it's better than the last jedi the rise of skywalker the force <laughs> awakens it's a brilliant i think it fits it's, it's the equivalent of empire strikes back in titles for me attack of the clones the clones oh, didn't great. attack anyone they did they attacked the bugs and the robots at the end no they they nah they came to rescue <laughs> our heroes i mean that that's a almost like a liberation rescue attempt it's almost like you know the the neo of the clones it's Attack of the Clones is, is, you know, I think, yeah, something like the Shroud of the Dark Side for me works quite nicely. But, but there that's we go. Just, that's just the Phantom Menace. I know, I know. But what you're showing there is, well, actually, the rebels were, uh, you know, they were, they were, um, they were struggling prior to a New Hope. Is there anything you're looking forward to researching this month? I mean, we're not going to name what we're doing here, but is anyone, is there anything area of this film that you're looking forward to delving into? I think I mentioned it right at the start, you know, about its legacy. I think it's set so much up in terms of what came after with the animated shows. And now we're seeing callbacks to it all the time in in the new Star Wars on, on Disney+. Plus. So I think that's going to be interesting to draw some lines between, you know, where that all started and where it's ended up and how those stories have progressed. Because it, it was incredibly pivotal in the saga, regardless of whether it was a good movie or not. I was so into the film at the time. All those little nuggets, I think, are still stuck in the back of my head. So I'm going to have a, a flick through some of my old books and try and resurrect some of that. And I don't know, you know, I don't want to go, like you said, too much into detail with what we, we've got planned. But hopefully I can uh, throw a few out there as we uh, as we go through. Jez, obviously, you love the sounds of Star Wars. Yeah, I do. Uh, and it's still my intention to do a sounds of Star Wars thing, which episode two would feature quite significantly, I'm sure. I mean, I urge our listeners to go back and listen to our prequel 
trailer episode where we went through all the trailers for the prequels um, where episode two actually had the most um, produced and really really good look and analysis of of that um, but yeah definitely the fan made stuff you know I'm, I'm going to be a fan of but I think I'm going to give it another watch I, I don't know if this is a Disney thing but the more I'm going back to the prequels at the moment the more I'm definitely coming a lot more comfortable with them well you're definitely going to go back and have another watch because tomorrow uh, listeners you can head over to our youtube channel and watch along with us as we do a commentary of attack of the clones be interesting to watch watch it all together as a team this one because uh, i see what we can come up with and what what tidbits are in there i think that could be the start of the nostalgia train kicking in i don't like sand it's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere Not like here. Here everything is soft. And smooth. Obviously, make sure you check out our social over the next uh, 30 or so days. Craig's going to be all over that. Just go to Instagram or Twitter. Just search for Generation Skywalker. Head over to Facebook, Generation Skywalker, or come and join the conversation, which I'm sure there'll be lots of this month on the We Are Generation Skywalker page. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Most of the shows are going to have enhanced versions. The commentary, for example, again, head over to YouTube, look for uh, Generation Skywalker, hit the subscribe button and let us know what you think or, you know, or just give us your thoughts on this movie. We want to hear from as many people as possible possible boys i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to delving into a film that i don't watch as much as certain other ones i think it's gonna be fun i think it's gonna be uh i mean i can't believe it's 20 years um even things like the toys i'm looking forward to delving into the toys on a show and uh seeing what they did bring out i think it's more than what you probably realize on those for, for the start of this month it is goodbye from dan chat chat what eh? goodbye from craig <laughs> cheerio and it is goodbye from jez i'm haunted by the kiss that you should have never given me <laughs> and it is goodbye from me and we're Generation Skywalker
were in, in Australia shooting the film and I was turning the pages of the script and I got to the end and it says Yoda kicks Dooku's ass and I thought, <laughs> no, come on, how's that going to work?